Welcome to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show number 236, with your host Lauren Gray. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hospitality Marketing, the podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Gray, and this is episode number 236. Well, each week we spend around 20 to 30 minutes sharing the most interesting tools, news, and techniques being used in marketing for the hospitality industry. We also do a quick recap of our weekly live video show, This Week in Hospitality Marketing, which also airs every Friday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern U.S. time. So with that, let's get started. And now, today's new resource tool. Okay, so our tool for review is actually three this week. Three because they're all asimilar to each other in providing the same type of service. And I basically got to account for all three of them to compare them against to see whether or not there was one over the other that may have been better. And these tools are basically video content generators. Um, If you're unfamiliar with them or their usage of this, uh, the three tools are Lumen5, L-U-M-E-N5, numeric5.com. Uh, also, invideo.io, I-N-V-I-D-E-O.io, and multimedia5.com. Now, they all do the same thing, but in some different capacities. I actually think invideo.io and multimedia5.com are from the same base platform because a lot of their content that they bring in to use to create these videos almost look identical. So I'm assuming there's some sort of correlation between the developers, if not in fact the same company to them. But they do it in different formats, so they are separate in the sense of their services. What these do is you, for instance, can approach and make a video in one of three ways. One, you can create your own content, and then their AI, if that's true to form, maybe it's just machine learning at a higher level, will go out, read what you've written, then try to determine what it is in context that you've written about, and then create images and videos from its libraries that would create a short video version of what you're talking about. Now, uh, based on which of these three platforms determines how much you can edit as to which images you choose or which piece of text that you use and in what sequence and how many frames in the sense of uh, scenes that it creates, whether you wanted 30 seconds, 60 seconds, 45 seconds or whatever. And then, of course, you put your own content of logo and Uh, website uh, information or link or what have you for this. Now, when comparing the three of them, Lumen5 has the most robust in the sense of interface choice. Um, These video contexts, as we've talked about many times before, video is the medium of of communication that now exists um, for Instagram, for Facebook, for all your social media. It was estimated that in 2020 that over 80% of all content consumed on social would be video. And they're already very close to that number and we're at the beginning of 2020. So we know that this is true to form that people either do not have time or do not want to read. Uh, We have a short, very attention span, seven seconds on the trigger for a mouse on a website, let alone when you're looking at social media and you're scrolling and rolling and flipping and tossing and everything else. So this video creation of your content is a nice assumable way to hook them into being interested to finding out more. Now, in and itself, it can stand as just a 30-second video. Here's four things to do at XYZ destination, or the five things you should make sure you do when you're here, or the two things of this, or whatever it may be, as straightforward as that. 
Um, and if you want to, of course, link to your more in-depth blog or content that is related to that destination, which is we'll get to that later in our conversation of usabilities for this. But the Lumen 5 has the ability to say, I'm doing this on Instagram. I want a one by one or a 16 by nine um, or 916 for that one. Um, or 16 by 9 if you're doing it on a different format for Facebook or what have you. I want this a news feed for Facebook versus an ad, a post versus uh, something else. I want this on my um, uh, Snapchat. I want this on, on my Instagram. I find these to be high value for Instagram, to be honest with you, and not in your storyboard. Storyboards are, are they're perishable. They're not long duration. You want these on your posts. If you have your storyboard, it's great to engage visual interest, but you always make sure you want to post this as well. And this is a great continuity for content. So Lumen5, you get to choose the platform that you're looking to display it on. Um, for your other choices from InVideo and Multimedia 5, I think you have a richer choice of media to use in the sense of video and photography from the libraries than you do Lumen5. And I think you also have a greater font selection font location or text location uh, action items of the fonts themselves more so than lumen 5 but they don't give you the ability to determine your frame size as easily as lumen 5 does now i mentioned only one of three ways that you can create content with these platforms the other two which makes it even more simple is you can put a url link in uh, for whatever it is you're doing so you literally can take your blog link and you can Drop it in and it'll read and look at it and try to determine uh, uh, what it is and, and what you're talking about. And from it, it will create its own version of um, what you're trying to do. And, and then from there, you can modify and change what it is that uh, the images you're using, the videography that you're using. You can put your own videography in. Um, you can, and of course, change what text is being taken out and used on these on the on the frames, of the scenes themselves, and from that you then can create from what you've already written and already produced your own video version in shortened form to the highlights of the, of the content. It's not going to literally take all the text out of your blog and throw it frame by frame in this video. That would be boring and it would be of no real value to what you're trying to use these for. Instead. It gives you a shortened capability of hitting the highlights, putting substantive videography or imaging behind them in a video format, and then being able to produce that and put it on Instagram, linking back to your longer blog, more in-depth conversation where people may want to know more details about this. So when you're crafting these, you have to consider the medium in which you're putting it in that you're there to tease. It's like so many people try to take their ads and make it answer all the questions in the ad. That's not the purpose of the ad. The ad is to make you push the button that says, let me learn more. Let me find out more. It's not to go over and give you all the information that you need and just book from it. That's where a lot of shortcomings come from. Where people go over and say, oh, I have ads running all the time. Yeah, but they're not going to content. You should always have a content base to your ads. Your ads should drive to more depth understanding. Even if it's being brought to a page that you then can act from, at least more details are there so that people have a higher confidence in their acquisition. So that's your second way. You have your own creation of exploring media, putting in your own context and creating it from there, entering your page address and having it developed from there. And also they have a ton of selections of templates that you can choose from that says, okay, look, I'll just take what they currently have and modify what they've already built in sequence and use it. 
So all three of these platforms have all three of these functionalities to it. They all three allow you to put your logo on it. They all three allow you to put your trailer domain on it. If you want that to be the case or call to action on it. Um, as I mentioned, Lumen 5 tends to have a stronger ability to choose what platform configuration dimensions of the screen that you're using compared to NVIDIA and Multimedia 5. But both NVIDIA and Multimedia 5, which I think are very similar in their context, have, I think, a richer visualization choice of creating the videos themselves. It's not to say once you create them in both of those platforms, you can't then go back and resize and shape with your own video editor, but that's an extra step that you may not want to deal with. This is meant to create a faster efficiency of converting your written content into a video visual content. And that is our tool, or in this case, tools for review this week. Now, for this week's hospitality technique. Okay, so as an extension to our tools in review, is our technique of the week is the use of video content. <laughs> we always try to make sure the tools and the techniques kind of wrap themselves together between the two so you get to play with something and then look at it and then see its usability function to it. Now, the use of video content, as we mentioned, we've already created the substance reason why with the blow up of video usage on social media platforms, on our own websites. We're a very visually driven society at this point and also a very time uh, starved society. We don't have the time to read a two page blog or even a 500 word blog. Sometimes we don't have the time to read, let alone the context of what we're trying to talk about without the distractions of being like squirrel and we go off and see something else. I have that problem, as you can tell. So the technique of using video content is a quick visualization of our messaging. And it has to be kept in the context of brevity and clarity. And when I say this, I picture the platform Instagram as being the best example of the use of video content to engage, to go to the next step of understanding. You, as I mentioned before earlier, are not going to be able to can put the entire message and descriptions and details and question marks and answers to those question marks in a short video, especially 30 seconds. It's meant to entice, it's supposed to solicit action, and it's supposed to engage. That's the three key elements of doing video content. It's to help people understand that or visualize what it is message-wise that you're trying to convey for them to want to create a follow-up to follow into the content that you've created about the message you've just shared in video and learn more for them to decide what they want to do with that. So the use of video content is very critical in the engagement process. It can be very helpful in the explanation process as well, but then the brevity goes away. If you're going to talk about the five things to do in a destination and you just don't want to do it as a bullet point or as a snappy one thing after another in 30 seconds and you have to explain the value proposition within the video, now the context of your video creation has changed. At this point, it isn't about putting it on Instagram and having people watch it for a long period of time, which they don't take time to do. This video content that we're now talking about is on your website. It resides as a, almost a tutorial engagement of visually seeing more to the story than just the enticement of, of being interested into it. It's kind of like taking the time to show all the things that get done or showing the recipe of a creation from your chef or hyperlapsing them in, in a walk from your, your hotel to the restaurant you're talking about. These video creations now have a longer duration, more in depth. And from there, you also need to start creating things like transcripts. 
for those that may want to read, multi-language transcripts for those that might come in that, that English isn't their first language, that they've been brought in because of the organic value of the content and they can learn from visualization, which you can't always do from language, the ability to understand what it means to go to this particular restaurant in order in, in, in a different language or to, to know how to get the transportation system to work, to how to buy a ticket on a subway. These video tutorial helpfulness things really go a long way. Plus in our conversations with Google Zero and the ability to become factual and authoritative on things like the time it takes for me to get to the airport to here or from the airport to here. If there's a visual way of helping produce that, like go to this station, get your token here, get on this train here or this bus there. Those are huge value assets for making you the authority for those kind of things and helping in the guest discovery process of why your hotel, your destination, your restaurant is what people are looking to do. So that's some of the usages of video content in turn using some of the things we've discussed with the three tools between Lumen5, InVideo and Multimedia5. So there you have it, our technique this week, the use of video content. Now, this week's hospitality news that you should know. Okay, so our news and show review. Uh, active group today, we had a lot of fun. Of course, we had uh, the pleasure of having Mr. Edward St. Ange from Flip2, Ms. Lily Mockerman from TCRM Services and Think Up, Ms. Kat Mohammed from uh, Alhoa, the Director of Education, Robert Cole from Rock Cheetah, and Mr. Stuart Butler from now what is called Fuel. Not Fuel Travel, but Fuel. They've abbreviated themselves. Next thing you know, they're going to be the artist with no name. Um, we had a lot of conversations. We were able to hit a lot of curated content that Mr. Robert Cole provides weekly for us. If you would like to subscribe to Mr. Cole's list, this curated list of 15 to 17 things broken down into some wonderful categories, um, you can sign up with his uh, newsletter, which was used to be exclusively to just the board members of HSMAI at bit.ly, bit.ly forward slash rock cheetah, all lowercase. And I'm sure you'll be able to figure out the spelling on all those. So, uh, as a quick recap, I'm taking the top story today as our top story because it was all about Google, think with Google especially, and plus some of the studies that they've done. So I'm going to take that out of the context of us having reviewed it with the show. We did have a good conversation about the true ADA compliance value of being hospitality-minded, that it's just not a legal requirement. It's just not a legal avoidance. Uh, it's a real value proposition of what it means to have the heart of the servant and to really apply yourself to becoming really good at communicating with special needs travelers in a way that helps them discover your product. So we had a great conversation about it. Um, we talked, of course, uh, news of the week and the month, and unfortunately it's tragic, is the coronavirus effects on uh, business. We talked about the severity in the Chinese market. Of course, we're not in the Chinese market, but we know that that affects us. We're a global economy. And we know that when Hilton says it closed all 150 of its hotels in China and Wyndham did the same and there's organization, Apple and everyone else is stopping productions and so forth and cities are literally being shut down and quarantined 24 hours a day. And these are cities the size larger than New York. You can imagine to the scale of this containment that they're trying to do, people stuck on cruise ships and so forth. This is affecting globally the economies. And we're going to see this effect. And this can depress and bring down the interest in travel, the, the question mark of whether it would be worth traveling at this time. And no matter how good your product, no matter how good your price, if people aren't willing to come because of the concerns associated with this, you're sitting without business. So we had that conversation. We talked about why Airbnb is suddenly struggling to make money. 
um, which, you know, of course, they're coming to their IPO up soon and so forth. We also talked about how Airbnb as an example of oversaturation in the market is devoured London because they can't seem to enforce their own regulations as to the duration capabilities of what Airbnb can be offered. So there's the double-edged sword to that. We talked about... Um, Brand uh, brand execs say consumers decide brand tipping point. We kind of laughed at that because brand thinks that more brands are necessary when in fact there probably will be more brands is that people don't want more brands. They want clarity of product. Uh, so we had a great conversation of it. Um, we had a conversation about Expedia. Expedia stocks jump on strong earnings and cost cutting plan. We talked about how Barry is walking and stomping around talking about um, uh, he, he, he says Expedia Chairman Barry Diller rips his bloated company as all life and no work uh, where it's not so much he's trying to downscale staffing as he is he's trying to rein in costs and that of course was responded well by Wall Street they went up I think 11 to 12 percent on their stocks however they're still 30 dollars behind where they were before all of this unraveled so there's still work to be done um, we for our boop, which is for those who know our live show, that's the positive aspect of our community. We don't want to talk about bad all the time, or what have you. We talk about Forbes Travel Guide unveils seven new five star hotels after global expansion. Lily Mockerman mentioned two of her current clients in the four star growth category. Congratulations to them. Um, we also talked a little bit about influencers, more specifically how the FTC is about to crack down on influencers big time. This is illegal payola. And we had a great discussion about contractual relations with influencers and how good they can help you if you keep it into the context of verification, validation, and detail. Rather than just accepting that somebody has XYZ followers and they kind of sound like the people you want to have come to your hotel and you just give away whatever it is you have to give away for these influencers to show up. We talked about the real mechanics, the nuts and bolts of contractual relationships with influencers and how you define those and how do you confirm that the influencers are valid and platforms that we've discussed on this podcast before like a Wario where you can discover your own influencers and reach out to them directly and communicate about what you would like to do with them beyond just what they've done so far with their recognition of your product by randomness so we had that great conversation of course the show lasted for a little over two hours because we love taking the time to dive into these uh, conversations in detail and solicit chat and conversations from those that listen to us globally which is now over 10,000 people in over 28 countries so you are more than welcome to join our low show at any time uh, and that can be found at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash live so now top stories that i took out of our context of our live show but are highly relevant and they actually are two uh, robert kind of double up on these contents the topic itself was travel insights how people plan a trip from beginning to end and this was think with google and this was a report that they came up with and for all of those that know we do keep all of the show notes available on our podcast uh, you'll be able to get them at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcast look for show number 236 there you'll see the player for this podcast obviously which you're listening to on your own player but also the show notes and links from everything that we're talking about today as well. Um, there was some interesting takeaways from the top news feed story with this. And one of them that we did talk in specific about that I don't mind referring back to is that only 7% uh, of people really worry about price sensitivity in relationship to special discounts. Exactly what they're saying is 7% of people surveyed booking, booked a trip because they saw a special offer or discount price for travel. 7%. So here's all this attention about offers and rates and everything we're pushing out there all the time. Rate and date, rate and date, rate and date. And yet, statistically, numerically, only 7% of the people actually acted on the fact that, oh my gosh, that's such a great deal, I got to buy it. So many other people, okay, think about 
trips that they regularly want to take, that they want to travel to a destination at some point in time. It's all about the content and context of where you are, what you are where in your destination, and what value you can provide it, not from a rate, but from an experience-driven, letting people know the cool stuff, the event stuff, the things you can't miss stuff, working on the old FOMO aspect of fear of missing out, where you're highlighting things like, if you haven't seen this, you got to come and see it. That inspirational dialogue has a much more, almost two, three times more impact value than, oh, here's my rate and here's my date. Here's my rate and here's my date. Some of the other things that I took notice of, which, and this goes as a testament to Tim Peter, who wasn't able to join us today, where he says, as the ship was invented, so too the shipwreck. Um, it talks about the fact that 95% of the people surveyed keep tra visiting travel-related sites after booking. Now, I see this in both positive and negative. One other number I like to throw into this, it says 74% of people surveyed re-research a trip after completing a booking. On the good side of this, is the fact that if they didn't book with me and I was one of the places that they were looking to book with, then I have a chance of being able to move them over to my side. That maybe I can re-inspire them to think that I might be a better choice. The bad news is I have the same percentage of losing them to somebody else that might be discovered by them after booking with me that they think is a better choice than me when it comes to staying with them. And interestingly, too, one other stat that they popped up is 26% of people surveyed say they didn't make a booking online when they intended because the price was too high. So it's not a price-driven issue in as much as it is, is it what I want? And that comes from content, as we talked earlier about visual content as much as written content. It comes through what it is you're resonating with that persona of demographics. If you're a family destination and you're trying to hide that to a romantic adventure, they're quickly going to find out from pictures on your website of kids all around your pool might not be what they're looking for. So you have to target what you're looking to have as those people with you. Clearly, don't be what you're not. Don't presume what you are and not be what you're not. And don't be saying you're near what you're not either. And more authenticity is coming from Google from that as they begin to show more of your relevancy to things around what people are interested in using their platform for that. Now, that brings us to also some other stats that they came up on the second article, which is today's traveler, which is infinite paths. Uh, let me say this particularly. Today's traveler, infinite paths to purchase. That's the name of the article. And this was with outside data from Google. And this must make Google grit their teeth because they want to be that single answer. And here they're talking about all the variations of what people go through to discover these things. So here's some quick stats. The average is 30 online sessions for people to go over and book. The average is 12 travel sites consulted. The average is 33 travel searches. That's on top of the here up online sessions and they do searches within those sessions. The average is 33 on those. So just multiply that up and you can see how many websites and locations and back and forth from 30 sessions, 33 travel searches per session. And it takes usually 19 days to complete a booking. That's some huge numbers of making people go through all these processes. Now, we've already talked about how price doesn't really drive necessarily the motivator of this or the fact that they still continue to research even after they've done their bookings. 
So you have this all this flow back and forth. And this isn't really even begin to tell you about the influence of consumer sentiment sites, of social platforms, of researching with their friends and getting feedback from their friends as to what they're doing, what they've been, had they done the same thing, did they go to the same place, what were their, you know, their suggestions, so forth and so on. And we know Facebook has a great community about that and they offer that as part of their travel program of this is what your friends were doing when they went to this city as well. So we know that there's, a, there's this is really, really good article and I don't want to keep diving into numbers with this, but they, they talked about between hotels that price driven, if, if, if it's needs driven, meaning that you can satisfy their needs and it's not about rates and so forth, you actually get a lift of 15% in rate capability. If it's price driven, you actually have to discount yourself 20% to drive them to you. So the more you can talk about what you can provide as value and experience and things that demographically they'd be interested in, in their personas, the more likely they're going to spend what it takes to be with you upwards of 15% compared to having to offer the discounts to solicit their interest in you because you just don't quite fit the same. They also had a kind of a, and it was pointed out by Lily, a bit of a, a mock, mock Maslow's hierarchy, a pyramid function. And we talked about, it basically has four elements. At the base, and for anybody familiar with Maslow's, you have to fulfill the first level before you can go to the second level. Um, and in this case, functional elements. And they did a very good job of highlighting them. And I made the comment in the live show that I find myself often struggling trying to even get out of this first level because there's always something that breaks, something that doesn't quite work, that it was intended to work one way but doesn't. So it lowers the expectations into what is then called the emotional elements, which is the value of, 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 of a nostalgia relationship or self-reward, um, emotional-driven elements to those things. And then, of course, an element above that that I have never really even gotten to is life-changing elements when it comes to provides hope, uh, self-actualization, motivation. It becomes an heirloom. It's an um, affiliation of belonging. These are brand, you know, Nike, Coke. These are those, that's that kind of level to that. And then the one that's even above it, of course, they call it self-transcendence. And what is value is it to society? You know, are you saving the world by using this product kind of thing? So you can see what's so easy to get taught in the base level of functional elements and very rarely make it even into the emotional elements. Uh, and very few uh, brands have ever attained past that point of getting into the life-changing, let alone the social impact kind of ones. So two great articles. Uh, again, the links to both of those will be in the, the podcast show notes, obviously. Um, but that's our top stories for today. So remember, you can find us on Google Play, Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. What's ironic is, well, ironic, but interesting is I'm finding through my statistics with all the podcasts, we're on 36 different podcast platforms. So whatever your favorite is, by all means, you know, continue to use it and please leave us a review, uh, hopefully a good one, so that others discover it on the, on the platforms that you've discovered us on as well. But one that I found interesting is that I am finding on average that the second largest user, I'm a little over uh, 3,000 ish uh, followers at this point, uh, the second most used platform for playing my podcasts are the Alexa skill where you get to say, hey Alexa, play Hospitality Marketing Podcast, or Hospitality Marketing Podcast, and it'll play the latest edition, as to also Google Assistant. So more people are actually just using their Alexa or the Google Assistant to play the podcast, which I find very interesting. Um, but then again, after that, then there's iTunes and, and Google Play and iHeartRadio, I think, are the ones that come the strongest after that. So whatever the platform you discover, if this is the first time that you've ever found us, please subscribe to us. 
on the platform of your choice and leave us a good comment if you would. Um, if you have any feedback for me, suggestions of topics, or would like to actually join the show and interview, if you feel like you have something to contribute, you can reach me at lauren at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com. Drop me a note. I answer all meals, um, emails associated with the show. Um, if you would like to play back from the website and also get the show links and notes from there as well, you can go to hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcast. And as a reminder, don't forget our live video talk show that we've been doing for six years now every week over 10,000 in 20 countries. And you can join that every Friday at 1130 Eastern. And that's called This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the live show. And if you'd like to register for next week, you can go to uh, bit.ly, bit.ly forward slash HDM show 237 will be for next Friday. Or you can simply go to hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash live, register for the show, and or also play back any of the previous 236 episodes. As always, Thank you for the privilege of your time, and we look forward to talking to you next week. You have been listening to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show 236 brought to you by Hospitality Digital Marketing in support of the HSMAI, the Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International All Rights Reserved Copyright 2020.